Catherine Deneuve loves fancy shoes, hates her last name, is as private as Garbo, becomes the face of Chanel, splurges on houseplants, and makes Mick Jagger her best man. In the special edition episode of Vanguard of Hollywood, it's all about the elusive French icon, Catherine Deneuve. I'm Shannon. Thank you for listening to the Vanguard of Hollywood podcast. Catherine Deneuve. The name alone invokes mystery. And the woman herself, even more so. Since stunning international audiences with her beauty and talent in 1964's The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, Catherine Deneuve remains an enigma. Despite over half a century in the public eye, Catherine has somehow managed to keep her private life just that, private. There's virtually no in-depth information available about the French beauty, particularly if you don't speak French. As a longtime fan of her work, style, and timeless beauty, I found it beyond frustrating to barely have any sort of idea who Catherine Deneuve really is behind the frequently icy blonde exterior of her film roles. And I imagine many others feel the same way. So I finally decided to do the work. After countless hours of research, scouring archives for Deneuve interviews ranging from 1960 to 2020, with papers and magazines as niche as the Slovak moment, working through language barriers, Catherine is trilingual, to analyzing the at times questionable memoirs of Catherine's longtime partner, Roger Vadim, to attempting to glean gems of actual Deneuve information from dry academia on her stardom, here is my portrait of the cinematic legend who must be the only actress ever to get away with publishing her private diaries without divulging a single personal thought or detail. Unless you're really reading between the lines. Frustrated Deneuve fans, look no further. Here are a few things about Catherine Deneuve you didn't know. First, she had a very traditional upbringing. Catherine Deneuve grew up to lead a quite unconventional life. But, similar to fellow French icon Brigitte Bardot, Catherine's upbringing was actually traditional. Catherine Fabian Dorliac was born October 22, 1943, in Paris the third of four sisters. Growing up in a house full of sisters is, according to Catherine, the reason why she talks so fast, even today. Her oldest sister, Danielle, was actually a half-sister. Catherine's father, Maurice Dorliac, saved her mother Renee's reputation by marrying her when Danielle's paternal father wouldn't. Perhaps the only untraditional element in the Dorliac household. Of all her sisters, it was Francoise, only 19 months older, that Catherine was exceptionally close to. Roger Vadim, Catherine's future partner and the father of her son, observed that Mr. and Mrs. Dorliac were, quote-unquote, rather strict and sent their daughters to Catholic school. 
Catherine later rejected the faith, but credits this early education for her strong, if unconventional, moral foundation, a foundation that helped her navigate the difficult waters of stardom. Ironically, though Maurice and Renée Dorliac had each been actors, and two of their daughters later became stars of the French cinema, Catherine shared in a 2008 interview that movies and theaters were not part of her childhood. Quote, My mother brought us up very normally and very seriously, and cinema was not part of our family life. Unquote. Part of family life or not, it wasn't long before Catherine had her first experiences working in the movies. Growing up, Catherine dreamed of being just about anything besides an actress. Through the years, Catherine has said she aspired to be a graphic artist, an interior designer, or even an archaeologist, but never an actress. So when the opportunity arose for her to play a bit part in Jacques Poitrineau's 1960 film, The Door Slams, 16-year-old Catherine agreed, not out of ambition, but curiosity. As Catherine shared about this early role in a 2005 interview, quote, I was not particularly attracted to the idea of acting, but curiosity made me go for it. My mother wasn't too keen, but because shooting fell on the school holiday, she let me do it. In retrospect, though, I think I was a little too young. Unquote. Another Catherine Deneu fact is that her sister was actually the star of the family, and they were exceptionally close. Catherine and her older sister Francoise were extremely close. Roger Vadim says in his 1986 memoir that though the two sisters were just over a year and a half apart in age, they loved each other like twins. Though Catherine Deneuve became an international superstar, it was Francoise who first found fame as an actress. Roger Vadim said that the success of her sister was one of the reasons Catherine didn't initially pursue an acting career herself. The outgoing, vivacious, and beautiful Francoise seemed born to be a star, while the quieter, more introspective Catherine, according to Vadim, quote, was convinced that she was just a pale reflection of her older sister, whom she admired, adored, and respected without being jealous, unquote. Catherine wasn't the only one who viewed herself as the retiring wallflower to her sister's shining star. Vadim observed that the first time he met Catherine, dancing at a club with Francoise, that, quote, I was the only one who found her more beautiful than her sister. Ten years later, the press would refer to her as the most beautiful woman in the world. But I didn't need the silver screen and the photos that would one day be distributed all over the world by Chanel to realize that her delicate nose, her intense but slightly cold expression, her mouth with the finely drawn lips were the very image of romantic beauty, unquote. Looking at Catherine Deneuve, it's hard to believe that she was ever not considered the great beauty of the Dorliac sisters, but there you go. For the first two decades of Catherine's life, it was Francoise. But after her breakthrough performance in 1964's The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, the introverted Catherine found her place in cinema and easily eclipsed her sister's success. Catherine and Francoise famously starred together in 1967's The Young Girls of Rochefort. But just as Catherine reached a new zenith in her career with her next film, Belle du Jour, Francoise tragically died. 
Driving to the airport, Francoise lost control of her car and ran into a signpost before the car flipped over and ignited. Francoise's struggles to escape the flames were futile. She was ultimately identified by fragments of her checkbook and diary. Catherine never recovered from the death of her beloved sister. On the rare occasion that Catherine opens up about Francoise in interviews, it's very touching. Young Catherine, just two years after her sister's untimely passing, shared with Life magazine that, quote, I'm very much for maintaining a certain distance, a certain formality between me and others, even people I really love. The only human being I could ever tell everything to was my sister, Francoise. She and I were so diametrically different. Put together, we would have been a fantastic woman, unquote. There's no question that Francois' death was one of the great tragedies of Catherine Deneuve's life. Another Catherine Deneuve fact is that she doesn't like her last name. Catherine Dorliac first became Catherine Deneuve out of respect for her sister Francoise. Francoise Dorliac was already a big name in French cinema by the time Catherine began doing her own bit film roles. As Roger Vadim put it, Catherine decided to use her mother's maiden name, Deneuve, so that Francoise could be the only Dorliac of her generation. Never imagining that she herself would be the Dorliac sister to become the screen legend, Catherine later regretted her choice of last name. Quote, If I had to do it again, I wouldn't make that decision. I love my mother dearly, but I don't like her maiden name. It's hard to pronounce. I prefer my real name. I didn't see it as a permanent thing. I didn't think I'd keep working in film. My head was completely elsewhere." Unquote. A surprising Catherine Deneuve fact is that she wasn't always a blonde. Catherine Deneuve made a name for herself as the quintessential, sophisticated, icy blonde, but she was born a brunette. When Roger Vadim met the 17-year-old Catherine, he described her as having shoulder-length brown hair. According to Vadim, Catherine didn't go blonde until the early 1960s, when she became serious about acting, and believed that being blonde would help her career. But Catherine tells a different story. Deneuve was only 17 when she moved in with the 32-year-old Vadim. The man who famously married Brigitte Bardot directed her in The Revolutionary and God-Created Woman in 1956, and, as many believed, created Bardot's sensual persona by molding her into his ideal of the perfect woman. Bardot was blonde, Vadim created her blonde image, and Catherine loved Vadim. So, she decided to go blonde herself. As Catherine related in a 2008 interview, quote, I did it only because I thought it would make me more seductive to the man I loved. It seems the silliest thing now, but I was so young and in love." Unquote. What started out as a gesture of love, in Catherine's words, at the end of the day was good for her career, and for the most part, Catherine Deneuve has remained a blonde in varying shades ever since. My next Catherine Deneuve fact is that she wanted to be a young mom. In 2005, when asked about becoming a mother at such a young age, Catherine shared that, quote, I'd always known that I wanted to have children very young, unquote. 
Rajay Vadim underscores Catherine's desire to become a mother at such a young age. Quote, when I met her, Catherine had two secret ambitions, to be a mother and to become an actress. Unquote. During their three-year relationship, Catherine achieved both of those ambitions. Motherhood came first when, at age 19, Catherine and Vadim's son Christian was born. It was 1963, and they weren't married. Quite scandalous for the time. In a 1969 interview with Life, Catherine said that, quote, I want many more children. I believe one can manage it all. Have a career and a happy family life with a man, children, and all. Unquote. The famously private Catherine doesn't share, well, anything about her four-year relationship with Italian legend Marcello Mastroianni, but he fathered her second and final child, daughter Chiara, in 1972. Similar to her long-term relationship with Roger Vadim, Catherine and Marcello never married. The importance she places on privacy keeps Catherine from sharing much about her partners or her children, but she's reportedly very close with her son, daughter, and now grandchildren. Daughter Chiara has played Catherine's on-screen daughter in several films over the years, but describes their off-screen relationship as, quote, so intimate that it never resembles something you can put on screen, unquote. As a mother myself, I find that so incredibly touching and sweet. One of my favorite Catherine Deneuve facts is that Mick Jagger was her best man. As Catherine herself has pointed out with a bit of humor, her one marriage was to a man she didn't have children with. English photographer David Bailey photographed the reluctant Catherine for Playboy in 1965. Bailey says he tried to make Catherine more comfortable during the photo session by telling her he was gay which she believed, for about 90 minutes. The two immediately connected over a shared sense of humor, despite the language barrier, and after a whirlwind romance, married on August 18, 1965. And Bailey's good pal, Mick Jagger, was their best man. Now that's a sure way to have an entertaining wedding. The marriage ultimately ended in 1972, probably due to the fact that their busy careers kept Catherine and David from spending much time together. And when they finally did, he didn't know how to speak French and she was usually too tired to speak English. The two remain friendly, however, and Bailey insists that one of Catherine's best-kept secrets is her sense of humor. Quote, You know what they all miss about Catherine? Her great sense of humor. She's a very funny lady. A lot of laughs first-rate comedian, but they always ask her the heavy questions, so that's all you ever read about Catherine." Unquote. Here's a Catherine Deneuve fact you could probably guess just by looking at her. She was named the most beautiful woman. In 1968, Look Magazine named Catherine the most beautiful woman in the world. It's a title that still follows her as Catherine, age 77 as of 2020, remains a great beauty. Catherine is gracious about the title, insisting that countless other women are awarded the same compliment and that she's really just like everyone else. Quote, I get fat and have to exercise, unquote. Catherine humbly shared in 1992. And she's also very honest that, quote, having to be that person physically takes effort, 
it doesn't come naturally. Unquote. When asked which of her perfect features she feels is the most beautiful, Catherine comically replied that it would have to be her left ear. Now that's awesome. And of course, who could forget Catherine's most quotable moment when she famously said that, quote, at a certain age, you have to choose between your face and your ass, unquote. While it's a decision Catherine herself doesn't seem to have had to make, it's humor like this that makes the impossibly beautiful Catherine Deneuve somehow relatable. Another Catherine Deneuve fact is that she smokes, unashamedly. Catherine Deneuve started smoking at the young age of 16. Although she managed to quit the habit between 1985 and 1996, and friend Juliette Binoche says Deneuve stopped smoking after her November 2019 stroke, Catherine has smoked unashamedly the majority of her life. An interviewer observed in a 2017 meeting with Deneuve that because she's Catherine Deneuve, she can pretty much smoke wherever she wants. But Catherine still had her share of friends and passers-by tell her about the dangers of smoking over the years. Catherine's explanation behind her typical response to these warnings shows a bit of her humor and classiness. Quote, I don't say, mind your own business. I say, yes, I know, thank you. But what kind of advice is that? You shouldn't smoke so much. You should stop smoking. Yes, of course I should. But that's not what I'd call advice. That's a fact. Give me advice on how to stop smoking without suffering. Yes, that would be interesting. Unquote. My next Catherine Deneuve fact is that she's very private. Even if you've never heard of Catherine Deneuve, you can probably surmise just by this podcast that Catherine is an extremely private person. In his 1986 memoir, Rajay Vadim shared that, quote, When Catherine decides not to speak, it's useless trying to drag the smallest confidence from her. She is sometimes an extraordinarily secretive woman, unquote. So secretive, in fact, that Catherine sued Vadim over that very memoir he called her secretive in. Their three-year relationship covers just about a third of the book, and the discreet Catherine was so not cool with it. As Catherine said in a 2002 interview, quote, Discretion is part of my character, and if it had been required of me to be more open, I'm not sure I would have stayed in film. Sometimes I see people in magazines and I think, why did you do that? Why did you do that photo at home with your child or in your new kitchen? I don't do things for the public. First for me, then for the public. Otherwise, you don't belong to yourself. Unquote. Catherine's desire for privacy and discretion goes back to the start of her career when, at age 17 and a half and on the brink of stardom, she hired an attorney to protect her name from the stories and rumors that constantly surround film stars. Smart move. Part of Catherine's reluctance to share her personal life with the press stems from her desire for privacy. She tells an interviewer, for instance, that she likes to cook, but then refuses to share what her favorite things to cook are, deeming that information much too personal. Yes, that actually happened in an interview with the Slovak magazine Moment in 2000. But there are other reasons she remains discreet. 
Catherine's refusal to share her private life comes from a considerate belief that her story isn't exclusively about her, that others could be hurt if she were less reserved. She's also smart and wants to avoid incorrect interpretation of her words. Quote, Even when something seems harmless to you, it can be interpreted as cruelty. And what's the point of that? The power of the written word can be terrible. What frightens me is the written word is really cast in stone. You can have regrets, you can deny it, say it was printed without your agreement, that your words were changed. None of that alters the fact that what's written is written. The printed word has the weight of absolute truth. And this weight of truth endures longer than one could ever imagine. Unquote. And besides, there's a certain desirable mystique that comes with not bearing all. Catherine wisely realizes that perhaps the Deneuve story is best left half-shrouded. Quote, Of course, you'd want to read it if you had it, but I also think you would be terribly disappointed. Wouldn't you? Unquote. Here's a surprising Catherine Deneuve fact. She likes to garden. Perhaps it seems at odds with her sophisticated screen image, but Catherine loves being in her garden. According to Catherine, quote, My garden is fantastic, but my hands have been ruined. But I don't care. I get more excited nowadays by being given a new plant than going out for dinner at a chic restaurant. I adore gardening, close contact with nature, and the countryside has always been a part of my life. I love my place in the country for weekends with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. No makeup, no glamour. Unquote. In fact, these days, Catherine's weak spot with money isn't hot couture or jewelry. When asked in a 2017 interview what frivolous item she's most likely to spend her money on, Catherine said that she buys plants. When she's not buying plants, Catherine's other weakness is shoes. It's a love that's remained pretty consistent over the years. Roger Vadim shared that when shopping with Catherine during her pregnancy with their son, quote, We bought nothing at the maternity shops we went to, but we returned each time with a new pair of shoes, unquote. Hey, nothing wrong with that in my book. In a 2006 interview with the Sunday Times, Catherine confirmed that shoes are still a particular passion, quote, it's not an obsession, that's exaggerated, but oh how I love shoes. I could wear a black skirt every day, but shoes? I like to change them three times a day, unquote. My next Catherine Deneu fact is that she's an independent thinker. So whatever you do, don't try to put Catherine Deneuve in a box. As daughter Chiara told The Guardian in 2012, quote, I'm proud of my mother because she's so independent. She never accepts anybody's demands. She's a bit of a rebel, both in reality and in the film she makes." Unquote. Catherine's actions through the years show that regardless of society's mores, she's got her own thoughts and values, and she's sticking with them. After the birth of her son Christian in 1963, Catherine's partner, Rajay Vadim, offered to marry her. But Catherine turned him down, quote, When Christian was born, when Vadim said, let's get married, I knew his reasons were now dictated by society. I just couldn't accept. 
when you've been as much in love with a man as I had been with Vadim, you can't accept marrying him for any reason but love. Unquote. The independent-minded Catherine sparked controversy in the press and her family by not marrying Vadim, but ultimately decided that remaining true to herself was worth it. Catherine stirred controversy again in 1972 when she signed her name to the Manifesto of the 343. The document, signed by 343 women who admitted to having illegal abortions, was meant to ease abortion legislation in France. The signers, by confessing to illegal abortions, risked prison sentences and legal action. But once again, when Catherine Deneuve believes in something, she sticks with it and historians view the manifesto as paving the way towards more lenient abortion legislation in France. More recently, in January 2018, Catherine found herself embroiled in controversy during the Me Too movement. Catherine signed her name to a letter published in Le Monde, along with such cinema legends as Brigitte Bardot, stating that Me Too had strayed from its original purpose, to publicize sexual harassment, and was now a witch hunt against even innocent men. It was a bold and unpopular statement with the press, and Catherine was largely criticized. But she remained firm in her belief that Me Too had become a, quote, media lynching of men, unquote, and defended her signing of the letter by explaining that there was, quote, nothing in the letter that said anything good about harassment. Otherwise, I wouldn't have signed it, unquote. Whether you agree or disagree with Catherine's beliefs and actions through the years, there's no denying that she's remained an independent thinker. And there's something admirable about a person who sticks to their beliefs regardless of popular opinion. One of my favorite Catherine Deneuve facts is that she's a fashion icon. Internationally, many are perhaps more familiar with Catherine Deneuve through her fashion influence than her films. Catherine has set style trends since the 1960s and been the face of countless fashion houses and cosmetic products through the years, including Yves Saint Laurent, Chanel, L'Oreal, MAC, and Louis Vuitton. As Catherine herself once said, quote, I actually think that what remains in the collective unconscious is not my film image, but based on my paper image, interviews, and magazine covers, unquote. Catherine made her first Vogue cover in 1962, even before her film career took off with 1964's The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. And she's been a fashion icon ever since. Her influence in the realm of fashion and cosmetics is such that, as the face of Chanel between 1969 and 1977, sales of Chanel No. 5 skyrocketed in the United States, and Catherine was named the world's most elegant woman by the U.S. press. But Catherine's most celebrated fashion impact is as a muse of Yves Saint Laurent, who also became a close friend. Catherine modeled Saint Laurent's designs in 1965 and was one of the very first stars to support his ready-to-wear line when it premiered in 1966. Saint Laurent designed the wardrobe for three of Catherine's films, most famously for the classic Belle du Jour in 1967. Catherine appreciated Saint Laurent's ability to, in her own words, create an important expression of the role and even of the scene through his beautiful clothes. Saint Laurent, on the other hand, enjoyed an increase in sales as women sought to imitate Catherine's look in the film. 
Sales of Saint Laurent's black vinyl trench coat and black dress with ivory cuffs and collar that Catherine wears in Belle du Jour soared after the film's release, while the shoes she wears throughout the film became so identified with the role, Saint Laurent christened them Belle du Jour pumps. Catherine's timeless look, whether wearing Yves Saint Laurent in 1967 or modeling for Louis Vuitton in 2017, continues to inspire and influence the fashion world today. And my last Catherine Deneuve fact is she takes on risky roles. Few actresses can boast playing such varied roles throughout their careers as Catherine Deneuve. From innocent ingenues to icy blonde housewives who are secretly high-class prostitutes, from vampires to murderous manicurists or rubber plantation owners to spunky grandmas, Catherine Deneuve has quite literally done it all. Her willingness to take on risky roles is undoubtedly why Deneuve has enjoyed such a lengthy film career and why, as she pushes 80, Catherine remains an in-demand actress. With the exception of one small gap in her filmography between 1989 and 1990, Catherine has made at least one film a year since 1962, and usually more. Her filmography, as of 2020, boasts 137 credits. Talk about impressive. Catherine suffered an ischemic stroke in November of 2019 while filming her most recent project, De Saint-Vivant, but even this tragedy only briefly restricted the determined actress. Filming resumed in July of 2020, with Catherine fully recovered. It seems Catherine Deneuve won't be slowing down anytime soon. Unlike most stars of Deneuve's generation, the legacy of this very active, beautiful, talented, private, fashionable, enigmatic cinema legend is still being written. And that wraps up a few things about Catherine Deneuve you didn't know. For delicious recipes and all things classic Hollywood, visit my website, macaronsandmimi.com. And don't forget to join me next time on Vanguard of Hollywood as I introduce our November star of the month, Shelley Winters.